This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Hello and welcome to the Stillness Everyday Podcast. My name is Herodotos and this podcast exists to help you find stillness in all aspects of your life, in finance, in health, in mindset and in your relationships. I created this business because I believe that if you can develop the ability to find stillness in your mind, you will learn to create harmony in all aspects of your life. Find us at Stillness Every Day on social media or stillnesseveryday.com. A lot of people ask me how they can get started with meditating. Now, my first experience with meditation was at a Vipassana retreat, which is 10 days in silence. But I understand this isn't practical for most people. That's why we created the Stillness Everyday Journal. This journal has a range of prompts, which allow you to not only create your day, but reflect on your day at the end of it. The journal also has a range of audible meditations, which are perfect for beginners. Check out stillnesseveryday.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the Stillness Everyday podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about the way you spend your money and how creating a conscious life will actually contribute to where you spend your money because ultimately where you spend your money is you voting for the life that you want, the future you want for yourself and the generations to come. So one thing that I'm super passionate about is food and where you spend your money for your weekly groceries. I'm really against the major supermarket chains and I went into Audi the other day because it's apparently meant to be the cheapest supermarket that um, we have in Australia out of the big chain ones. And I was actually surprised when I went up to the meat section, there was a steak and it was $7. And I was like, oh, maybe this you know, maybe this is cheaper. We have to remember that these supermarkets have massive budgets for creating perceptions in people's lives. So I looked at it a bit closer and it looked actually like a thick steak, but it was actually thin and it was only 170 grams. So it was $7 for the steak, but it was 170 grams. And when you looked at it, it was 41 or $42 per kilo. The meat that I get from the markets is $36 per kilo. So it's actually cheaper. My meat came from within 20 kilometers of where I live it's supporting a local farmer that's supporting a community event, which is the farmer's markets every weekend, and it was cheaper. So people, I think we have this perception that the supermarkets are going to be more affordable and we're in such a lack mindset around money that we just go for what we're told is the cheapest option. Coles, the prices are down and staying down, but they're actually not there. You could go to a butcher and I'm sure you could find meat for under $42 per kilo or thereabouts. And there's a multitude of benefits of not helping, um, supporting your major supermarket chains. One is the quality of meat. I know that the farm that I've got, I actually know the farmer. I know the, I know that the farm is the, a regenerative farm, so it's actually helping the soil. I know that the farm isn't sprayed with pesticides. I know that the cows are not from a feedlot, so they're not fed grain. They're not fed you know, soy and corn, which isn't common in Australia, but still barley and wheat. It's not ideal. You want your, you want the cows to be eating grass. But the, one of the main things that I think is important is thinking about how much money goes into these supermarkets. So let's say you have where you live, there's a hundred thousand people. Let's say 50% of them shop at supermarkets, which I'm sure it's a lot higher. And if you go 50%, of the people, so 50,000 people spending $100 per week, that's $5 million per week. And I think it's 200 and 
$60 million per year. Let's say the, the wages make up half of that. So $160 million. So you're keeping $160 million roughly in the area. Now, people will say, oh, but these, you know, these supermarkets employ a lot of people, but you're not just going to take a supermarket away and it won't be replaced with a small grocer that's family run by someone local. So the employment issue, it's not an argument because I would actually argue that the, the locally owned grocer would employ more people because they would have more inefficient systems to running their business than a billion dollar corporation um, like Coles, Woolworths or Audi. Majority, if not all of the money leaves your region. So if you think of $130 million leaving your region to go to massive farmers that are just destroying the land, corporate shareholders in Sydney, which are probably owned by offshore investors, you're not benefiting your local community. Let's say one Coles supermarket would be replaced with three butchers or two butchers and three grocers. So you've now got five tenancies of smaller shops, which are which would be owned locally by someone that you would probably know would be your landlord, as opposed to Coles and Woolworths renting a massive warehouse space that would probably be not be owned by anyone that you know in your area. So your money, your rental money is going, staying local, which, you know, those families are spending money in your business. They're spending money in schools and everything in your community. The money is staying there. When you start to become conscious of every single thing in your life, you start to see the chain of what you're supporting and you realize that it's not something that you actually want to be a part of. Here's another thing to to consider, which I'm only looking at this from an architectural perspective. If you go to an Audi and you look at what it is, it's a glass facade with concrete walls and you might have like a little um, footpath and you've got a car park next door and then you might have a little bit of landscaping. No one congregates outside of an Audi and spends time there like it's a nice place to be. Whereas if you compare it to something like Be Fresh in Warana for those people on the Sunshine Coast, you've got like places to sit, you've got a cafe, you've got a deli and it's actually like a nicer spot to go and shop because there's a community of people just spending time there. So this is the difference of like, like think about how that actually impacts your community when you've just got these kind of big rectangle things with a car park in your local suburb and how that actually affects your community and building a strong community. So there's obviously the convenience of going to a supermarket because they're open later and, you know, they have everything there. So you don't need to, don't really need to think. You go to one spot and you get everything for your kitchen. But generally things that are convenient aren't good for you, right? Like fast food's not good for you. Anything that's instant gratification is not generally good for you. But I think the transition part's probably more important than arguing about Um, whether it's convenience. Once you start to become a conscious being of all aspects of your life, which is essentially what I'm trying to teach, is you start to question what's in it. So you'll pick up the thing that you've eaten your whole life and you'll flip it over and you'll ask questions about what the ingredients are. You're like, why has it got canola oil in it? Is canola oil good for me? You go down the path of looking into whether canola oil is good for you. You'll start to learn that it's affecting your skin and then et cetera, et cetera. We won't get into the health of everything but you'll start to ask questions about everything you'll you'll slowly realize that the reason you have you know skin problems is actually because of all the crap that they're putting in food that you're buying so then you'll start solving other problems in your life and you'll start asking more questions and i think constantly just being a curious person in your life you'll slowly kind of let's say decode the matrix that you live in because you start to realize that everything's kind of hidden and it's just marketed to you as being good you'll start to see the bullshit on the let's talk about eggs this is a great 
one. I wouldn't eat. I don't think there's a single egg that I would eat from a Coles or Woolworths. I don't think I've seen one that's good. Free range eggs essentially means they're free ranging in a big barn. They can go outside a little bit and they come back inside, but they're predominantly grain fed. They're not seeing sunlight and they're moving around like really in a big dense pack of probably 2000 birds. Cage is obviously a lot worse because they're they're isolated to a cage, but you want to look for regenerative free range with with probably anywhere up to like 500 birds per hectare is probably good. What you'll see is a lot of the organic ones are like 2,500 birds per hectare, which that's quite a lot of birds running around in 10,000 square meters, but it's not that it's not that bad if they're at least outside and they're rotating them through. But I the ones that I look for are like smaller. There's there's somewhere they have like 100 birds per hectare and you know this is a small farmer that's got 100 chickens basically. Well, they might have 200 on two hectares. But the point is that they're not massive and they're not just um, doing everything the most efficient way to get the bird to lay eggs and just using the birds as a machine. It was probably 10 years ago we actually got like 12 birds from a Coles and Woolworths, I can't remember which one it was, factory. Like every 18 months, the birds stop laying as efficiently, so they just get rid of them. The condition of these birds was not like, they weren't good. Like they looked really skinny and they looked unhealthy. And you got to then think, well, I'm consuming the egg from this animal. And when this bird's got like, you know, missing feathers all down here and like under her belly, and she looks like she's never seen sunlight before, it's like you're digesting the egg from that animal. So I wouldn't want to be eating disease. And I'm sure these birds have diseases because they're living inside most of their life. And, you know, animals, like think about what a chicken was doing before humans decided to tamper with them and they were outside. So you start to, you start to question everything and you'll, you'll go into coals and, you know, you'll start to see like RSPCA approved chicken. Like this is, is so stupid when you think about it. What does RSPCA approved mean? It, like what is the RSPCA it, like saves birds from being on the street like it doesn't actually mean anything about the health of the, the chook because a lot of the chickens that they're RSPCA approved they're not even free range so it doesn't you start to question these little things on there that don't mean anything like the health star rating I think butter's got like one star but margarine has three like there's things like that where it really don't make sense and you start to question where do these labels even come from I would recommend you go to a local farmer's market I think you should start to look for butchers that are supporting pasture raised pasture finished animals avoid feedlots if you can generally if they don't say then they aren't if you go to a market you will generally meet um, like there's a guy, a farmer at um, Yandina, which sells lamb at the Kiwanis Farmers Market. It is dearer, but you actually know the quality of what you're getting. I think if you go to, a, you find a local farmers market, you'll find more people who are doing the right thing, and you can start to learn from them. So you can just start asking the questions the exact same way as I said in the previous podcast about don't assume you know everything and learn from them. So I got, I had an interest in. Uh, permaculture and did my permaculture design course maybe eight years ago and I was super fascinated with all this stuff so I do know quite a bit but I still I know how little I know in the world of farming compared to some of these people who are out in the field every day there is so much to learn and you really start to take control of your health when you start to learn about this stuff so so you're not only keeping your money in your local community where that money is going to be reciprocated back through your business it's going to you know create more employment opportunities for you it's going to better facilities around you you're also going to be helping local farmers so we're 
not having a monopoly of farming where big corporations from China are just buying up the, all the farmland in Australia. You'll have small local farmers everywhere just regenerating the land, which is what we want. We want more small-scale intensive farmers rather than few massive broadacre farms which just destroy the land, basically. So those farmers are then going to you know, come in and support you as well. But your health, you're going to take control of your health because what you're eating is going to be nutrient-dense. It's grown locally so it doesn't have high food mileage on it. You will save money, I guarantee you, if you go to a farmer's market. And yeah, again, we're trying to live a conscious life. We're trying to create more stillness in every single aspect of your life so that once you kind of develop this internally, it just everything happens it's not like you it's not so much about learning about the thing it's learning about asking the right questions so that it doesn't just happen in food and what you eat it happens in your relationships and it happens in your the way you earn an income or contribute to people around you in your day-to-day life so it's fix your internal world and your external world will become far healthier 